So what is the difference between an in-house CRA and a field CRA? Coming right up after the intro. Hey guys, ECRG here, back with another episode. Today we're going to be talking about what is the difference between an in-house CRA and a field CRA. So I've done videos on you know what, what an in-house CRA does, and I've done videos on what a CRA does. But we've had a subscriber request to do a video kind of comparing and contrasting the two. So we're going to get into that today about you know what an in-house does and what a CRA does in the field. But before we get into that, I just want to let you guys know about the resume review program and some of the coaching we've got going on. The resume review program is for anybody who's having a hard time getting into clinical research or having a hard time changing positions within the clinical research field. Now, this can be a very, very hard thing to do once you get into a clinical research position and you may not know how to best position yourself to change positions within the field. And then we've got interview coaching slash interview prep going on too. So a lot of people get nervous before their first interview. They don't know what kind of questions are gonna be asked. They don't really know how the interview is gonna go. So we're gonna go over all of that if you are interested in any kind of interview coaching. So email us for both of those at eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. But back to the original purpose of this video, and I think it's best to start out with what a CRA needs to do on site. Why does a CRA go on site? And a CRA goes on site to do a number of things. They're going to detect fraud. That's a big one. They're going on site to make sure uh, that you know there are people there that are actually conducting research. They're going on site to talk to the PI. They're going on site to talk to study coordinators, make sure they're actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then the, some of the other reasons why a CRA may go on site is A, to do IP accountability. Now that's just to, that's just a fancy way of saying counting the medicine, and they are counting the medicine that is left that the patient has taken. They don't want the patient be taking less medicine than is required. They don't want them underdosed, and they don't want them taking more medicine than is required. Especially in situations where the patient may see that medicine is working, you know, pe people may have a tendency to kind of take more medicine than they need and, and save it for after the clinical after the clinical study. So a monitor is going to go on there and count it, making sure that's not happening. And that's one of the things that has to be done on site. You cannot do that remotely right now. Uh, there's no there's no good solution for that. So that's one. And well, the other thing that they're going to be doing is source data verification slash source data review. And that has to be done on site now also for paper source. And, you know, they are thinking about coming out with e-source, electronic source, which can be done remotely. But of course, that, that takes a while uh, to implement in clinical trials. But a CRA is still going to have to go on site for IP accountability. But basically, source data verification, source data review is the CRA is going to go on site. They're going to look at the source data, which can be any paper or any kind of forms, any kind of diary that the patient has filled out. Anything with patient information on it is going to be source data. And they're going to look at the source data and then compare that slash match it to what's in the EDC, which is what the study coordinator is gonna put into the system that can, be, that can be viewed online. So they're gonna match it, make sure that things are being entered appropriately. So just kind of a double check on the study coordinator or whoever's entering in that data that it matches. So that's something that, you know, in the future I'm sure will be done remotely, 
You'll have an in-house CRA or remote CRA do it, or even a computer do it. Uh, if it's if it's in there, the computer should be able to tell you what's what's missing and issue queries based on that. But we're a while away from that, it seems. So CRA is going to go on site for that. And then another thing that the CRA is going to go on site for is just to build rapport with the site staff. A lot of times when you're doing clinical trials, you're going to be doing using the same sites for these studies because they oftentimes have specialty, whether it be Parkinson's, whether it be ophthalmology. You know, it's the same doctors that are interested in research and it's the same sites that are interested in doing these studies usually. So you wanna build rapport, make sure you've got a, a good working relationship with those people. And a great way for that to, you know, to build that relationship is for sponsors to send their CRAs and for CROs to send their CRAs on site to build that rapport. So those are the main four reasons why a CRA is gonna go on site. And you know, everything else is gonna fall on the in-house CRA. Um, obviously, the in-house CRA and the CRA work together, but the in-house CRA can do you know, many tasks like collect documents remotely. The in-house CRA is going to be issuing queries remotely. They can do that. Where the CRA may be talking about to the site on, when they're on site about these queries um, and helping them go through them, and they can do that in person. But the in-house CRA is able to do that remotely. They're going to go over action items with them. They are going to maybe even have monthly calls with them. Um, some in-house CRA positions are are not going to be doing monthly calls with them. That's fine. Others are more involved and will be doing monthly calls. Other in-house CRAs are, do have the capability to to do site qualification visits remotely. They can do closeout visits remotely, and they they do those monthly calls also. It just depends. the C, The CRA job is not an entry level job, contrary to popular belief. No matter how much uh, you know, hustle and ambition and how many degrees you have, you're most likely not going to be a CRA without any type of experience. But you can be an in-house CRA. Some in-house CRA jobs are opening up now where they don't require as much clinical research experience. So stay on the lookout as we enter into 2019, 2020 uh, for in-house CRA positions opening up to people with little or no experience. I got my first in-house CRA gig. I had experience. I had over a year of experience. Um, for those of you that know, I was on the project management side of things, then I moved over to the in-house side of things, and then I moved on to CRA. But one of the one of the things about that is, uh, you know, the the in-house role is is entry level sometimes, but sometimes not, and the field's kind of weird with that. Um, but it looks like they're now making it entry level because like I said before, they can do a lot of the things that the CRA doesn't have to worry about when they go on site. The in-house CRA can do it remotely, like collect documents and, and all those type of things. So the CRA can just focus on doing what they need to do on site. Um, and that, that's pretty much it. Those, that's the main difference between the in-house CRA and the field CRA. Um, so I think it really helps when you break it down as what does the CRA do on site and why do they need to be on site? Then the in-house CRA can kind of do everything else with, with the main things being collecting documents, putting them in the TMF, um, you know, issuing queries, answering action items, um, even, even answering questions about the protocol from the site. The site has a hard time usually getting in touch with their CRA because the CRA is flying in the air. They could be on site somewhere else may not be as responsive to email, may not pick up the phone, which is fine. So that's why there's always good to have an in-house CRA on standby that a site can pick up the phone and ask questions to. 
And I find that even though the CRA in a lot of cases may be the first uh, contact for the site, the C if the CRA doesn't pick up a few times, they're gonna start calling the person that picks up. And that's very quickly, they're qu very quickly gonna find out that's the in-house CRA. So that's, that's another big difference. I mean, a lot of people get confused with in-house. In-house doesn't necessarily mean the CRA is in their own house. It just means that they're in the office usually. Some in-house CRAs do have the capability to work remotely. It could be anywhere from one to five days a week. But in-house just means like in the office or like in their home office. And remote CRA, same type of thing. Uh, but I typically like using the word field CRA for people that are in the field and traveling. That's the traditional monitor role that everyone kind of thinks about when they think of CRA. Um, a lot of times when they have job applications out, they may say remote CRA, but really what they mean is that they're not tied to an office. They can live anywhere in whatever region they're hiring for, uh, remote CRA. But they also refer to remote CRAs as in-house CRAs that don't travel. So it can be kind of confusing to keep that to keep that simple. Ask questions down below if you guys got any questions. Hopefully this video made some sense and thank you for the person that uh, put this in the comment section and I hope this answered you. Please put any follow-up questions you may have in the comment section. As always guys, like this video, share, subscribe, and if you're listening on the podcast, leave us a review, please, please, please. We get a bunch of listeners on the podcast on the daily, so please leave us a review. All right, guys, take care.